Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Does Florida man, the Republican rube in high heels, Ron DeFascist, look like a moron today after he dismissed Ukraine as not being one of our vital national interests? And literally six hours later, a Russian Su-27 fighter jet was playing bumper cars high in international airspace with one of our drones over the Black Sea, 75 miles off the Ukrainian coast. Ron DeSantis putting the ass in Russian asset. One can only imagine them trying to explain all this to this yokel for whom anything more complicated than pulling books out of school libraries in Alligator Alley or bullying state legislators from Defuniac Springs or issuing press releases about combating the wokey Finoki swamp. Anything more complicated than that creates that same blank, dead-eyed look that has sunk Republican after Republican as they've tried to step out onto the national stage and instead plummeted into the orchestra pit. The U.S. has many vital national interests, DeSantis said, but, quote, becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not one of them. And the words were still echoing as the American intelligence drone and DeSantis's credibility were both shot and crashed into murky waters. 
The irony here is that as a freshman congressman, back when the Republican Party official platform was pro-Ukraine but anti-Russia, as it had been since the day um, they shot Tsar Nicholas, DeSantis urged sending defensive and offensive weapons to Ukraine, and he held up his vote on a missile defense treaty with Russia until and unless Russia withdrew from Ukraine. But of course, that was before Trump sold the Republican Party to Putin's ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, at the 2016 GOP convention in Cleveland. Now, to Trump and DeSantis and most of the other bubbleheads running for the nomination, they are at the territorial dispute stage of aiding and abetting Russian aggression because we don't care. You know, if it ain't woke, don't fix it. The other irony, of course, on a larger sense, is that the Republicans lived off their fierce, usually paranoid, QAnon-level conspiracy fears and convulsions about and hatred of Russia for decades and decades. Bluntly, the Republican Party had no credibility about America's role in the world until Joe McCarthy and Richard Nixon converted the real Soviet-era threat into something that could scare Joe and Joan Moron in their own home fallout shelter in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. The various Ron DeSanti of 1939 glibly dismissed Hitler and Czechoslovakia and Poland and France and, you know, the free world as, ooh, what should we call them? Territorial disputes that were not part of our vital national interests. Then the Republicans swerved to ferocious anti-Russian rhetoric after the Democrats beat first Republican isolationists and then the Nazis. Barry Goldwater wanted to use nukes to stop the Russia and China-backed communism in Southeast Asia. And then Nixon forged detente with the Kremlin and screwed up the Republican Party something huge. And then after he was gone, that Republican pendulum again swung all the way back and St. Ronald of Reagan made his infamous 1984 hot mic sound check joke. We think it was a joke. I'm pleased to tell you today that I have signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. A lot of Republicans were very disappointed in Reagan. Disappointed that he never began bombing. The thing is, all the Republicans, Trump and DeSantis included, right now, still try to dine out on the fairy tale that Reagan dismantled the Soviet Union. They have managed this spectacular tightrope walk for decades, in which Reagan was both death, the destroyer of communist worlds, and the peacemaker who led Gorbachev down the path to de-escalation. Now, this is not an argument from me for the candidacy of Trump. He, after all, is the guy who took the money or the interference or the collusion or the conspiracy or the hookers, and cut that Republican tightrope. And we all know when you see that R Florida after his name, or DeSantis's, the R stands for Russia. You'll notice I almost never mentioned Trump foreign policy here because A, he is a Russian asset, and this is why the Mar-a-Lago nuclear kleptomania was somehow even worse than it first seemed. And B, I think it's time to start conserving energy here for 2024 by no longer bothering to ask why Trump's supporters go along with his treason. They don't understand it. They don't care about it. If Trump changed every foreign position he has ever held and went with the exact opposite point on the spectrum today, they would not only applaud, 
But few would know the difference and fewer still would even wonder why. Trump supporters are lost to us and to reality. We can't convince them. We just have to stop them. Anyway, DeSantis already got his PP whacked by the senior Republican on the Senate Armed Services Committee, Roger Wicker of Mississippi, quoting, Putin wants nothing more than to push the United States away from our support of Ukraine and prevent us from rolling back his destructive policies. We must choose to project strength against our adversary, not appease this dictator with words or so-called de-escalation. He's talking to you, Rhonda. The drone incident over the Black Sea, Senator Wicker said, quote, should serve as a wake-up call to isolationists. It's, uh, It's you, Ron. He's talking about you again. In the United States, that it is in our national interest to treat Putin as the threat he really is. Lindsey Graham went in after DeSantis even harder, and he named him, though he continues to carry water for Trump and against Putin at the same time. Quote, he's going to go beyond Ukraine, Putin. If you don't get that, you're not listening to what he's saying. The statement by the governor is taking it off the table, and that will just incentivize Putin to stay in the game to fight harder. And if you know anything about China, they see weakness in Ukraine by the West. There goes Taiwan. To which DeSantis presumably looked at the word China, saw that first big letter C, and grunted, CRT, CRT, CRT. And speaking of Putin watching for American weakness about Ukraine, we naturally fall back to Tucker Carlson, who we could also describe as a Russian asset, except sorry, he's not an asset to anybody. In case you and I foolishly thought he had really bailed out on last week's end of the world, January 6th, Jacob Chansley Q. Shaman video gaslighting story, just because he didn't run a second of it during his indoctrination hour on Monday night, well, no, he did refer to Jacob Chansley last night. Once. Literally. Just his name, once. Just Jacob Chansley, in passing. And there has not been any explanation why, nor anything in the other Fox shows, nor anything online. I mean, last night he even did a feature on this Douglas Mackey trial, proclaiming it another conspiracy that's going to send a man to prison for memes like that innocent one in 2016 that told people they could vote for Hillary Clinton by text, which was obviously a joke, and everyone who knew it was a joke. (laughs) And Carlson declared that was the worst crime ever against American freedom or or the worst since last week or, or whatever. I've lost track, Tucker. By the way, the other thing Tucker Carlson would have said besides this was my choice to drop Jacob Chansley like he was milkshake duck, if it really were his choice, which is that he no longer had to cover more of January 6th or Jacob Chansley because he'd won. And as he said perhaps a hundred times last week alone, the tape proves this. Half of Tucker Carlson's life has been Tucker Carlson telling you how great Tucker Carlson is. No, somebody has stopped him. In fact, it it never happened. Tucker Carlson never showed cherry-picked video of the mob for four consecutive nights and insisted January 6th was just sightseers with a couple of hooligans. It never happened. You imagined it. And funny doggone thing, another January 6th story has also disappeared. At last word, Marjorie Taylor Greene and James, it's amazing, nobody asks me about my college girlfriend saying I hit her and I threatened her life, Comer, were still planning to visit the January 6th, quote, political prisoners at the District of Columbia jail. 
But it appears that the last news story about this, or quotes from either of them, are from Monday, except from one little report from Channel 9 in Washington, which just briefly touches on this. And I swear, the more I read about all of this, the more I daydream that there was a Zoom call midday Monday with Carlson and the Murdochs and Taylor Green and, and Kevin McCarthy and all the other vermin. And there was one message about January 6th and Jacob Chansley and publicity and going to the jail. And the message was, shut up, please shut up. Oh, for God's sake, shut up about it. We're all getting sued. WUSA Television reported that a federal judge has now denied yet a third motion from a January 6th defendant to be released from pretrial custody at the D.C. jail. Christopher Quaglin, alleged proud boy, felony charges of inflicting bodily injury on officers and assaulting police with a dangerous weapon, a stolen riot shield and pepper spray. The Quaglin motions reference standing sewage and shut off water in the jail and the judge Trevor McFadden replied that the U.S. Marshals attended to both within days of the report early in 2021. Quaglin also introduced the letter from the MAGA Republican congressman about disparate treatment for the January 6th prisoners, and Judge McFadden answered that in this way. The January 6th defendants are the first ones he's ever seen who have been given tablets on which to view video and other discovery materials. And in fact, he thinks... The January 6th collection at the D.C. jail may be the best treated prisoners anywhere. And there is a punchline, because there is always a punchline. The judge who said all that and said that, no, the January 6th defendants are being anything but mistreated, Judge Trevor McFadden, is Federalist Society and was appointed on June 7th, 2017. By, yeah, by Trump. Still ahead of us in this edition of Countdown. Yes, Biden has completely pissed off the Republicans by again correctly noting that the MAGA demand to freeze spending or they will not vote to increase the debt limit will cut into the $2 billion a year in federal funding for local police. So like Joe said, the Republicans want to defund the police. Oh, are they pissed? Oh! A Minnesota state senator calmly explains that there is no need for free breakfasts or lunches in schools there because he has never personally met anybody who's actually suffering food insecurity or as he called it, hunger. Well, that's great. If we simply introduce this idiot to everybody in the country, there'll never be hunger here ever again. Worst person's ahead. And somebody mentioned Dan Abrams to me, and I was reminded of the day MSNBC transferred him from hosting the Missing White Woman of the Week show to running the entire network. And he dreamed up the slogan that would make us number one, quote, keeping it real. Things I promise not to tell coming up. That's next. This is Countdown. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snarks, some predictions. Dateline, Pennsylvania's Finishing Trades Institute in Philadelphia. Oh, are the Republicans pissed? I mean, the last time they were this pissed, they attempted a coup. For the second time in five days, the president has pointed out that the ironically named Freedom Caucus says it will not vote to increase the debt ceiling unless, among other things, the Inflation Reduction Act is skewered and discretionary spending is capped at 2022 levels for the next 10 years. Well, guess what's included in those two things? FBI budgets and $2 billion a year in federal funding for local police. Cut that and you are defunding the police? Yes, Mr. President. Last week, I laid out on my budget that we invest more in safer communities and expand access to mental health services for those affected by gun violence. Congressional Republicans should pass my budget instead of calling for cuts in these services or defunding the police or abolishing the FBI, as we hear from our MAGA Republican friends. Oh, are the Republicans pissed? But the messaging is perfect. In fact, Joe Biden needs to give a speech, a full speech, two, three hours, explaining what this means step by step about federal funding for local police and how the Republicans are defunding the police. So the Republicans get even more pissed all over again. Do it. Dateline New York, ever heard of Zeno's Paradox? Before you can ever reach your destination, you must travel halfway to it, meaning... When you get to that point, you still have halfway to go. 
Go half of that way and you still have half to go. And on and on and gone. A Greek philosopher produced this about two millennia ago and it's been resolved by physics. Yet here is Zeno's paradox back in 2023 in the prosecution of Trump. Former fixer Michael Cohen is to testify to the Stormy Daniels grand jury today at about 1.30 p.m. because we're still about halfway to the indictment of Trump. And Dateline Foster wrote out, sad note today, Danny Lemoy had a telegram channel devoted to taking ivermectin. Now, there was no vagueness here. Lemoy was old school ivermectin. He specifically said you should take the stuff that is prescribed to kill worms in horses and cows, give it to kids to veterinary ivermectin. This Lemoy started taking it in 2012, and he said it had cured his Lyme disease and it had regenerated, that was his word, regenerated his heart, and it would do the same for you and your COVID. Just before 7 a.m. on 3rd of this month, Mr. Lemoy posted an update, quote, Happy Friday, all you poisonous horse paste eating survivors. And that afternoon, per Vice News, he died suddenly when his heart exploded. And the followers of his channel are insisting he did not die from taking ivermectin. He died from taking too little of it. And no, it does not look like anybody posted on his Telegram channel, hashtag died suddenly. Thank you, Nancy Faust. I had a friend mentioned him recently, and I was reminded of the day MSNBC appointed this joker, the host of the missing white woman of the week show, to run the network. And then a week after that, they had to take all his power away from him because guess what? He didn't know how to run the network. And it wasn't his own hair. First, time for the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze, Brian Kilmeade of Fox and Friends, who is there so Steve Ducey looks smart. I don't want to say this nation is dying under the yoke of diminished expectations, but honestly, Kilmeade says of Trump, quote, since he went to East Palestine, stopped having lunch with white supremacists, this is the most disciplined I've ever seen him. Yeah, and he wore pants all the time, too. Actually, I cleaned that quote up for poor Kilmeade. Kilmeade actually did not say white supremacists. He said white supremacists. The runners-up, the marketing folks at the National Hockey League in what it somehow thinks was a technological advance back to 1962. It showed something last night called the NHL Big City Greens Classic in which 3D cartoon characters were supposed to exactly mimic the actions of the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers in real time. Because, of course, if you want to watch hockey, you want to see cartoons rather than the actual players and, and game and reality. By the way, if you're making them into cartoons, how do you not call the teams the New York Power Rangers 
and have them not play Washington, but play the Winnipeg Jetsons. Power Rangers, Jetsons. But our winner, State Senator Steve Drazkowski of Minnesota, possibly the stupid mess man of the week. He rose to speak against a bill providing free breakfasts and lunches in school in Minnesota. But there's no need, he says, because there is no hunger in Minnesota, no food insecurity among kids. And this jackass Draskowski knows this because he has personally never met anybody who is hungry. Mr. President, I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that is hungry. Yet today, I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that says they don't have access to enough food to eat. Now, I should say that hunger is a relative term, Mr. President. You know, I had a cereal bar for breakfast. I guess I'm hungry now. Uh, that to some might be that maybe that's the definition of the bill. I don't know. I didn't I didn't see a definition of hunger in the bill, Mr. President. Senator burn in hell, would you? Apart from the fact that the Second Harvest Heartland Hunger Relief Network and Food Bank in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, calculates that one in six Minnesotans has experienced food insecurity, one in 11 kids, it gets worse. This Senator Draskowski's degree from the University of River Falls is in agriculture. And of course, he's also NRA and anti-immigration and anti-education. Minnesota State Senator Steve, if I haven't met one, they don't exist like, you know, say, people who might like me or a naked woman, Draskowski. Today's worst person, and this time I mean it, in the world! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Still ahead on Countdown, so this guy interviewed a friend of mine on TV, made a fool of himself calling her cerebral palsy a disease like it was infectious. She then wiped the floor with him, and I thought I should mention that this was hardly the biggest humiliation of his career, not by a long shot. The day they actually thought this idiot could run MSNBC. It lasted a week. Next in Things I Promise Not to Tell. First in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need you can help. Every dog has its day. To Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and Hopper. Hopper is a big black mutt puppy left to die on the rural streets. Saving St. Louis Pets found him, got him hospitalized. He's got parvo. He crashed Monday night, but they got him back up to critical but stable. This rescue, like all rescues, has been stretched to the breaking point financially. It needs our help. Look for Hopper on Cuddly, or you can find the details on Hopper on my Twitter feeds. We have to help. We're all the dogs have. I thank you, and Hopper thanks you. story on the countdown and my favorite topic me and things i promised not to tell i was a witness to the greatest management fiasco in television history and it began on monday june 12 2006 my girlfriend at the time katie tur was coming in from la for a week and my vacation had started the previous friday at exactly 901 p.m At 9.02 p.m. on that Friday night, the acting chief of MSNBC, Phil Griffin, called me insisting that even though I was on vacation, we had to meet for breakfast at 9.30 a.m. Monday. I said that made it a not vacation. And he said, we will give you two additional days off later. Something is happening you need to know about first. I sighed. The previous Wednesday, they had fired the president of MSNBC, the one who had once chased me around our offices in Secaucus, New Jersey, threatening to kill me because he was squeamish about blood. See if that makes any logical sense to you. He threatened to kill me because he was squeamish about blood. Jeff Zucker, then the president of NBC, had called my agent and asked how my relationship with the aforementioned acting chief, Phil Griffin, was. It was obvious they were going to put Griffin in charge, and as the marquee anchor on the network, they needed me to find it out from them rather than from a gossip site or something. I could not begrudge them the courtesy. So, on the first weekday of my vacation, Griffin and I met for breakfast, and as soon as coffee arrived, he said, So, uh, listen, buddy. Um, I'm going to be the executive in charge of MSNBC, but I'm going to be staying here in the city uh, to oversee the Today Show. So MSNBC will also have a general manager, uh, and the general manager will be in charge in Secaucus, and the new general manager will be Dan Abrams. Well, I paused for a second and then burst into laughter. I mean, 30 seconds of a riotous belly laugh, loud enough that other people at the restaurant at Norma's 
in the Parker Meridian in New York City turned around to look at me to find out what was so funny. Then I composed myself. Then I laughed again. Then a third laugh. Then a fourth laugh. Oh, my God, Phil, that is the best. You get me to get up early on the first day of my vacation, and you hit me with that. (laughs) Dan Abrams running something. We've known each other what, Phil? 25 years next month? That is the best joke you have ever told me. Dan Abrams. And I laughed again for another 30 seconds, and one of my friends who was a waiter there came over and said, Everything okay? Because Phil could never interrupt anybody who was praising him, he smiled back at me, and when I finally stopped laughing, he said, well, well thanks, I guess, but, but I'm serious. We've been talking to Dan for several months about this, and he just has the kind of analytical mind that... It had taken me more than a minute to realize Griffin was serious that he and the president of NBC News, Steve Kappas, and that president of NBC, Jeff Zucker, had actually decided to take the host of our 9 p.m. show which had been devoted for years to excruciating, lowest common denominator, tabloid crap coverage of the missing white woman of the week, to take a man who had the respect of absolutely no one on air or off at MSNBC, a man who made me in that regard look like St. Francis of Assisi, a man who had only been in television for 12 years, a man who had never run anything in his life, a man with indescribably bad hair that none of us could identify. Was it a toupee? Was it a weave? Was he hit by lightning? And that was the most sincere thing about him, his hair. They had actually decided to appoint this gossip monger with no experience to run a network that was just now finally establishing itself as a factor in American political media. Christ, Phil, what are you thinking? I said to him. He's a buffoon. I'd rather work for Joe Scarborough. He's condescending. He insults his producers. He insults our producers. He leaks constantly to the reporters and the gossip blogs. Half of his exclusive sources turn out to be wrong. And I might be the best friend he has there. Phil Griffin chugged his coffee. Well, uh, I'm sorry about that. I mean, uh, I mean, it's not going to make any practical difference for you. You, you and Countdown will report directly to me. Dan isn't going to have any responsibilities for any of the primetime shows. He, he's only going to be hands-on with the daytime shows, but, but he'll be the general manager of the network, and we think he has a lot of exciting ideas. And I said, exciting ideas? About what? Exciting ideas about JonBenet Ramsey? Phil. We have just stopped being the running joke, the bottomless punchline of cable news. And once this gets out, we will be less respected than we were a year ago. I paused and the news bounced off the walls of the restaurant and hit me afresh again. Dan Abrams, general manager of MSNBC, he will get you fired, Phil. I don't know if he will get you fired because he's trying to get you fired or he'll get you fired because he'll be so bad at this that everybody will quit. But you've just committed professional suicide. You and Kappas and Zucker, dead men walking. Phil Griffin was now red. I had only previously seen him red when he was very, very drunk and we were in our 20s. I was hoping you'd give him a chance. And I said some very pleasant things about giving him a chance to destroy what we had been building up for the last year. And did Phil remember that my contract was up in six months and CNN was already publicly courting me to go there? I said, I'm gone. 
You might as well release me from the contract right now. I'm out. And then something else popped into my mind. Oh, and listen, did you think there might be a problem because he and I dated the same woman nine years ago and he told her she'd be making a mistake to get involved with me? Phil's eyes widened. He had forgotten. Like I said, he'll have nothing to do with Countdown. An hour later, my home phone rang and it was Dan Abrams. I just wanted to say how much I'm looking forward to working with you on Countdown. As time goes by, Phil will be more and more overwhelmed at the Today Show, and I'll be making the day-to-day decisions. I'll be your guy. After a few minutes of this, which I swear I could hear his phone scratching against his toupee, and during which I said nothing but, "Uh uh-huh, my home phone rang again, and it was the NBC president, Jeff Zucker. So you guys report to Dan, and if you need to go further, you can go to Phil. And I said, Phil had just told me Abrams would have nothing to do with Countdown, and I intended to make sure that was true. Zucker, showing the loyalty and consistency that was so publicly displayed in the original Chris Cuomo CNN fiasco, immediately said, well, if this doesn't work, F Dan Abrams. Hell, F Phil Griffin. You come to me. The first thing I had done when I had gotten home was to call my executive producer, Izzy Povich. She had been as fascinated as I had been as to why I had to have a business breakfast on day one of a vacation. Well, I sighed, you'll never believe who the new general manager of MSNBC is. She guessed Phil Griffin, then me, and then the manager of the New York Yankees, Joe Torre. I said, all would have been better choices. I said, it's Dan Abrams. She laughed so hard, I had to pull the phone away from my ear. After she finally calmed down, Izzy said, you had me going. Oh, my God, what a disaster that would be. I'm sorry, I fell into the bit. Yeah, just kidding. She laughed again. No, actually, I'm not kidding. She laughed again and said, come on. And so I said, yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. She laughed again. No, actually, I'm not kidding. Dan Abrams is the new general manager. She laughed again. We must have done this for two or three minutes. It was an old Eddie Izzard bit. I stole it from him about the death of Engelbert Humperdinck. I finally stopped when she said, wait, I saw Dan Abrams getting out of his car in the, in the president's parking space this morning. You're, 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 you're not kidding. Oh my God. I have to call my husband and tell him I'm quitting. Well, it all worked out about as well as I had predicted. At his first meeting with the producers, Dan Abrams revealed his first exciting idea. He had apparently been given enough lead time about his appointment to have made up giant banners containing the new MSNBC network slogan, which he had dreamed up. The banners, he told the producers, were going to be hung around the studios and in fact were being hung around the studios as they spoke. And behind him, there was one covered in a drape cloth and he pulled the string. The cloth fell off, revealing his first exciting idea, the new network slogan. MSNBC, keeping it real. Keeping. K-E-E-I-P-I-N apostrophe. No G. Keeping. That was the highlight of his tenure as the general manager. The blowback against his appointment was so universal, nobody tried to hide it. Abrams' first move was to cancel a show hosted by an ex-Fox News walking malaprop artist named Rita Cosby. She almost took hostages. Abrams delayed the meeting to tell her staff from noon until 6 p.m. 
Abrams then gave an interview about his vision for MSNBC and told the reporter, quote, documentaries are our most important programs and the staffs of the uncanceled primetime shows, mine included, nearly walked out because, in fact, we were our most important programs. While Griffin prevented that mass resignation by swearing Abrams had been misquoted, Abrams then launched a series of radio commercials for MSNBC documentaries. Abrams tried to get a producer named Bill Wolf, who had been told he was going to be the new general manager, to instead host his own show. He told me he had figured out the perfect guest host for Countdown and was already in negotiations with him, Dan Rather. My girlfriend Katie's father then chimed in with a new nickname for Abrams that spread across the television industry, Miles. Miles, as in Miles, the boy producer from the sitcom Murphy Brown. I even felt sorry for him. It was that bad. And, of course, I was promptly repaid for this mistake. A week after Abrams was hired, the cable news blogger named Brian Stelter, who inexplicably wound up first at the New York Times and then at CNN, and you heard about him getting fired over the summer, Brian Stelter called to say he had been told by a source at NBC that I had just been fired at a meeting an hour before by Abrams and an NBC executive named Randy Falco. In fact, Abrams was at a meeting with Zucker and the NBC News president, Kappas, as they desperately tried to steer out of the fatal skid they had all swerved into. Phil Griffin was furious. Griffin told me he suspected Abrams had been somehow connected to this leak about this fake story about me getting fired, and he began an investigation of him and never trusted him again. One week, appointed Monday, and a lame duck the following Monday. Keeping it real. Keeping! On August 9th, three days shy of the two months mark, Phil Griffin called my office an hour and a half before my show. Okay, you want to say I told you so? Uh, we've made it clear to Dan that he won't be involved in any major decisions going forward. He will remain general manager, but I'm running everything. In a year or so, buddy, we'll say he found out he just had to go back on the air and he'll resign and we'll give him the 9 p.m. show, probably. You have to keep this confidential. I did. I'm surprisingly good at that, at least till I started this podcast. Fourteen months later, they offer offed him, by which time I had already started to lobby them to make the 9 p.m. host not Dan Abrams, but Rachel Maddow. They finally gave into that in September 2008. And Dan did not have a show or a title, and he finally got the message, and he left NBC in 2011. The last I had heard of Dan Abrams before the News Nation retirement home, he had launched a new website. It's called Whiskey Raiders because it rates various brands of whiskey. You get it? Raiders, Raiders. You get it? It's a pun. Presumably, he chose that pun because somebody else had already taken Keeping It Real. I've done all the damage I can do here. Thank you for listening. Countdowns come to you from the studios of the Olbermann Broadcasting Empire, high atop headquarters in the Sports Capsule Building here in New York. Here are the credits. Most of the music was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown Musical Directors, produced by TKO Brothers. 
All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olderman theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was Tony Kornheiser. Everything else is pretty much my fault. So that's countdown for this, the 799th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. The next scheduled countdown is tomorrow, the big 800th day. Till then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 